This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. Find all my work at mjmunoz.com. Join me for a discussion of Ultraman Z episode 11 featuring nostalgia, bloodlust, and collateral damage. This episode is called Ultra Killer. At least my review is called. The actual episode is called something else. And I don't know what it is. Uh, I think it's like protecting what's most important or something along those lines. Anyway, uh, this might be the saddest episode yet, which I guess there haven't really been sad episodes before this, but this is definitely a sad episode, and you can find out why as I address a few topics that caught my attention. So, first of all, I'm going to start off with something a little light and fluffy, which is King Joe Storage Custom. Uh, this fighting robot is uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. I was impressed, or I am impressed, by... Uh, how it looks it's funny that we get this awesome preview of King Joe in this episode but not until next episode do we actually see him in full action and it's it's impressive so uh, it's a cool mech uh, Haruki is very excited he opens up the episode yelling about how awesome uh, King Joe is and that's kind of fun and then we get uh, you know then, <laughs> then things kind of go downhill from there but it's a cool mech and I like it. It doesn't stink, and I do like it. So, <laughs> so anyway, moving on from that, uh, I noticed uh, that Zero, I was re-watching episode 7 or 8, whatever that was, where uh, Zero shows up and fights alongside Geed and, and uh, Zet, and I noticed that he has a one-inch punch sort of thing that he does, and then... Gamma Future also has a one-inch punch type thing where he summons a little ball of energy magic and then he is very close to the uh, kaiju and he put it to Red King actually and he just pushes the thing at it and it hits it pretty hard and I thought huh that's interesting uh, first of all I like that Zero has a one-inch punch but then I realized that has a one-inch punch uh, with Gamma Future and then I thought oh it's because he's his master and he admires him looks up to him unless uh, one of the guys that he's was it Tiger Dina and uh, Tina no, Taina. Taina? Taiga, Dinah, and Gaia? Those are the three that make up uh, Gamma Future. Is that right? That may or may not be correct. Regardless, um, regardless, uh, I believe that's what's, uh, I believe that's what the inspiration is. Um, anyway, um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, I was super surprised to see Haruki's dad. A <laughs> uh, couple things. One, uh, like, I was wondering what the reasons were for these people to be in this anti-kaiju task force. That is storage. Hold on. It's a kaiju emergency going on right now. Uh, and I was kind of waiting for us to see reasons for them to be involved in, in storage. And uh, it was cool to see that, I mean, it's bad for the character, but sad for him. Uh, or, you know, it's sad for him, but cool for the character, uh, or it's cool for the audience rather that Haruki's dad died protecting him and his mom and a bunch of other people from Kaiju, including, I think a kid, he grabbed some random kid and saved him. And then, uh, that was in his hometown. And then we have on the anniversary of his dad's death in his hometown, these red King awaken and or red Kings, I guess, or red King and red queen. I don't know. Uh, but they awaken and he has to deal with them. And, uh, man, that was rough. And I got to tell you that sepia tone and just, I don't know, man, it's just seeing Kid Haruki, 
uh, when his dad disappeared and was gone for a long beat getting that ball, it scared me and I thought, oh no, his dad just died. What happened to him? Um, I thought either that or he's, his dad turned out to uh, like have run off and, you know, oh, I guess I knew he was dead already though. Did I? Anyway, uh, it was interesting. Uh, I like Haruki's dad. He's like a real man's man. And it's super ironic that his mom's like, oh, you're so manly, my manly little baby. You've all grown up. And uh, he's like, Mom, no one thinks I'm a super tough guy. Uh, which is, you know, it's funny and cute and kind of ironic because, you know, he may not be looked at and universally accepted as a super tough guy. But, you know, he's got his martial arts prowess and he does, uh, like, professional fighting of kaiju as a career. So, uh, that's just kind of interesting. Uh, the moment, though, where Haruki kills the Red King... And then he has the realization that he killed a father, Kaiju, protecting its baby. He understandably has this crisis because, in effect, based on the visual language and everything that we saw in this episode, he basically killed his dad. (laughs) He was the Kaiju that killed his father uh, because that's that's just how the visual language works. I think you, you see the parallels of this man risking himself to protect his son and wife and other children, you know, and you know, other children who don't belong to him. And uh, the way he runs off to fight the kaiju, um, it's just, I, I feel like it's very much mirrored by the father, Red King, going out to fight, uh, going out to fight against Haruki, or Zet, rather, and uh, just, that's really interesting and really tragic and sad. And uh, it's uh, it's something intense. And I think that the humanity of the kaiju, if you can call kaiju, if you can say kaiju have humanity, was something that struck Haruki. And I think that's what really wrecked him and stopped him from being able to... Uh, continue to fight like he had previously and I think that's a really interesting move and I really like that they went there and I think it's a it's an interesting and bold choice anyway I don't want to belabor that too much so I will move on and uh, (laughs) talk about the fact that he ends up Haruki ends up defending the kaiju and I think Zet exclaims because he's surprised at what happened, and it's kind of interesting the way it works out. The two or so times that Zet has taken over for Haruki and transformed and become, you know, Lil Zet for 55 seconds uh, at a time, he, like, forcibly takes over Haruki's body, and it looks weird, and it seems strange that he would be, like, you know, forcibly taking over his body. But then again, the arrangement between the two of them I guess is that Haruki has control over Zet's you know kaiju or you know giant size body and he has the autonomy to do whatever he wants in that body and that's just kind of I don't know that's kind of interesting and the the shock that Zet uh, exclaimed with uh, was really interesting because you can see I guess that he would have been okay with killing the kaiju and abandoning 
that baby, abandoning that, that Red King egg. And this is kind of interesting. And it may sound ridiculous to be having sympathy for the kaiju, um, but, you know, there's this whole question of, you know, what are kaiju and how do they work and why are they existing on Earth? And it's something I brought up with the Pegula uh, episode, I believe, when we got the, when Harky got the spear. And it's basically being focused on here again, or the, uh, the concept is being brought up and it's being kind of, you know, introduced and played with. And I don't, there's no definitive answer here. And I, I kind of wonder why that is, except for the fact that it's going to be explored more in the next episode. But I don't know, I find that dissatisfying. And as much as I like this episode, and as good as I think it is, it's still deficient in a major way that surprises me, especially for how good the rest of it is. And yeah, I don't really have much more to say about that. Just there's this question about what kaiju are and what their purposes and what they're doing here on Earth and how they're supposed to interact with humans. And it's not being answered so far, but it's being raised, which I think is a good thing. I just don't know if this show is the right place to ask that question or address that issue. But it seems to be what they want to do. That's it for me this time. I have asked a bunch of questions. I've raised some issues. And I am curious to see what other people's thoughts are on this. So go ahead and leave a comment for me. Uh, either in the show notes on mjmunoz.com. Or uh, where you find this on the video platform. I, I, don't, I haven't checked if the podcast platform uh, is... Uh, can be commented on easily or how that works exactly if it's just like a review with a I don't know if you can uh, re respond to, or uh, respond or what's that word reply to the individual episodes or not or if it's just the show as a whole so anyway definitely mgmunios.com is the place you can go to leave comments and you can check out all the other good stuff that I have there uh, one thing you can check out which is actually in the show notes of whatever podcast feed you're getting this on it should be there is my Ultraman inspired children's story. I have it written down and I want to get it illustrated, but for now I have a, a nice draft version of it uh, written down and accessible for you online and I'll be uploading the, I guess, polished new version of it, the no longer draft, the, I guess, finished, the final draft of it uh, pretty soon. Um, not quite this week or next week, but pretty soon I have it and four others. I have a total of five of them and I'm working together to get written and they're all in based. They're all in based. They're all, uh, based on and inspired by different tokusatsu stuff. So you can check all that out. You know where. So with that, this is MJ signing out. I hope you enjoyed that. Go to mjmunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around, you're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a Story Over Everything production.